It's good to be with you tonight. Thank you, Pastor. You and your wife have been a blessing to my family. You want to start getting God's attention, you start talking about his son and honoring his son. You want to get a man's attention, you start honoring his children. And Madison completely fell in love with your wife, and uh, they speak highly of your family. And just thank you for this short time that you were able to invest in them. You pray for Nate. Uh, He's sorry he couldn't be uh, with us tonight. He he called and said, Preacher, I feel pretty sorry that I didn't even offer to come down there with you. And I said, Brother, I know you've got a lot going on. But he said, Let me pray with you. So he had prayer with us there in the car. I'm certainly thankful for my family. As he said, I'm Pastor Vaughn. I'm from Victory Baptist Church in Denver. And I've been fasting all day for tonight, not spiritually, but I had a root canal this morning at 730. So I'll be eating my first meal here in a little bit. The preacher, I hope he's got a big wallet tonight. I'm hungry. And so you pray for your preacher and his wife. They'll be taking us to dinner in a little while. I'm thankful to be here tonight. I'm thankful for the Word of God, aren't you? How many of you got a copy of the Word of God? I'm thankful for that song you sang that had this verse in it. Uh, Thy blood shall never lose its power. Aren't you glad tonight? Well, there's a lot of things in our life that loses power. I know in Catawba County, there from where I'm from, uh, there's uh, several thousand people still, even tonight, without power from that storm. I'm thankful uh, that the blood will never lose its power. There's a lot of churches in America that has lost its power, but I'm thankful tonight that the blood has never lost its power. There's a lot of preachers tonight that have lost their power, but I'm thankful for the bloodshed of the Lord Jesus Christ that will never lose its power. My heart is drawn to Mark chapter number 4 tonight. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter number 4, we understand this evening as we enter into the Word of God that we will read in the Gospel of Mark a historical account. It's not a, a Bible story. It's not a folk tale. It's actual historical account of the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when we get to verse 35, we understand now that Jesus has uh, been made aware of his disciples have been on the western side of the seashore and they've been teaching and a great number of multitude came to him to hear him. Well, that's a pretty good day, isn't it, to be a disciple in that day? Uh, there was such a, a great crowd that they had to get on a ship and cast out a little bit from the seashore. And Jesus began to teach. He uh, taught on the sower and the seed. He taught on the parable of the candlestick. He uh, taught using the image of a mustard seed. Uh, and the evening comes and we enter into verse number 35. I'll draw your attention to that. Uh, boy, it's been a good day for the disciples this day. It's been a good day for a lot of people, but especially the disciples. Could you imagine being the disciples, walking with the lovely Lamb of God and uh, actually getting on the ship with Him and casting out a little bit and listening to Him teach and seeing people blessed from hearing what He was saying and being on the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, it's a good day that day, wasn't it? But the Bible said when we enter into verse number 35, and the same day. Now, we're going to read about a storm that comes in the life of these disciples. How many of you ever woke up and things were going pretty good that day? You woke up and the sun came up, but on the same day you got that phone call. On the same day you uh, got that doctor's news. We're not exempt today as a child of God from working uh, and seeing troubles work in our life. The Bible says in verse number 35, And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said to him, Master, 
uh, carest not thou, not that, that we perish. And the Bible says, he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, a peace be still. And the Bible says, the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto him, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey him? And if you will, uh, go right into chapter number 5, and we're going to see the path and the trajectory that Jesus Christ was on when this storm hit. The Bible says in verse number 1, there came over to the other side into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains. The chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broke in pieces. Neither uh, could any man tame him, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. It was a pitiful sight we find when we enter into the bank of the Gadarenes there. This madman, we picture a dirty man. We picture a man that's hurting. He's been weeping. He's uh, got scars on his wrists and his ankles and probably around his waist where they had tried to chain him up. And the Bible says he kept breaking the chains. This man was hurting. The Bible says night and day he was in the mountains and the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But... When he saw Jesus afar off, the Bible says he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou tormentest me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. Now, there was nine of the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and they were choked in the sea. The Bible says in verse 14, And they that fed the swine and told, the, told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was done. And the Bible says when they come to Jesus... They now see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion and he's now sitting and he's clothed and in his right mind. The Bible says they were afraid. And they that saw it told how it befell him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. How be it? Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And the Bible says he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And the Bible says all men did marvel. I understand that was a lot of text, but I wanted to place us in the word of God where my heart is this morning. I'd like to ask my friend Zach Fox if he'll stand and right where he stands if he'll ask God to help us tonight.
pray, God, that you allow your word, God, to have free course and free reign, God, in the hearts and lives of men, women, boys, and girls in the assembly tonight. God, I pray for Pastor Philip, God, that you encourage his heart. God, I pray that you do a work in this church, Lord, the great potential that you have here. I pray, God, tonight, God, that you would allow earthquakes, God, to happen, Lord, in the hearts and lives of men, women, boys, and girls here tonight. God, have a specific word, God, for people in here tonight. Lord, touch my preacher, God, as he preaches. I pray that you'd loose him. God, give him liberty. God, I pray that you'd clothe him tonight, the cloak of his calling. In the text tonight, we found a battle that led to blessings, and in the battle that led to a blessings, it led to a burden. Uh, there was a blessing for this man that would meet Christ. In verse number 15 of five, chapter 5, the Bible says they come to Jesus, and now they see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. Now he's sitting and clothed in his right mind. Well, that's a blessing even for us to even read tonight that there was a man that was possessed with the devil that tormented day and night by these demons, and now we find him after the battle, got a blessing. And now we see him sitting at the feet of Jesus. There was a blessing for this man that would meet Christ. There was a blessing of the miracle is evident here. But the real blessing is the multitude. The Bible says in Luke chapter 8 that there was a multitude. It says they also saw it, told him by what means that he was possessed of the devils was healed. And then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them. For they were taken with great fear. And the Bible says he went up into the ship and returned back. Again, there would have been, listen to me, no multitude tonight without the miracle, and there would have been no miracle without the mess. Uh, I'm telling you, as we uh, made our way over here, Brother uh, Zach, he's a, he's a great driver, but he uh, took a wrong turn. He missed an exit, and we, we, we went through the country. We ended up at a store, and I began to see broken and hurt people. And as we made our way over, he's a great driver, he is a great preacher, he's a great singer, and he's single. Somebody say amen right there. I'm thankful for a young men, but he took a wrong turn and we, we, we've seen some broken lives. And out there, there is broken people. There is messes out there. There's multitudes out there that need to see and to hear and believe God's people for a miracle. The Bible says that uh, there was a burden now after he had gotten blessed to have a, it was a burden to walk with Christ. Uh, oh yes, after he was blessed, there was a burden to walk with Christ. In chapter 5, verse 18, we find he comes to the ship and he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He wanted to be with Christ and where Christ was. Isn't it amazing when somebody that's really been touched by the Heavenly Father, they have a desire and a want to, to be around God and God's people. He had a burden now after the blessing to walk with Christ. Not only he had a burden to walk with Christ, he had a burden to tell his story. The Bible says in verse number 20 of chapter 5, He departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus done for him. And the Bible says all men did marvel. The blessings and the burden were a direct result of victory in the battle. Our hearts, no doubt, are immediately, they are focused on the fact that we read and we get a visual of a broken man, a hurting man, a, a sick man, and we get a visual of a dirty, isolated man that the devil is having his way with. How many of you know some of those? Uh, they're, they're isolated. The devil separates them. That is, uh, this person, he is controlled by something that is not of his own. Not of his own might. It's of the spiritual. Certainly we can see in the text tonight the external battle. But what we don't see is the internal battle. We see the obvious battle tonight. But what I want you to see when we're done tonight is the battle before the battle. 
Before this man could ever get a word from Christ, there had to be a battle won. The battleground is what I want to preach on just for a little while. And before those people out there, those broken ones, those ones that are tormented day and night, those ones that are looking for hope and help from the church of the living God, there has to be a battle won in your life before you can take them, Christ. The battle before the battle. There was a battle for position. Chapter number 4, verse number 37, the Bible says, There arose a great storm of wind, and the devil the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. In verse 2, we find when Jesus comes out of the ship, immediately there met him, that man at the tombs with an unclean spirit. There was a battle for position in the life of the disciples and the life of Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil would have done anything that he could have done to keep Jesus from getting to this madman of Gadara. The devil done everything he could do to keep Jesus and his disciples from getting to the shore where that hurting man was. And there was a battle for position in the lives of those men. And I want to say to you tonight, church, there is a battle for position in our lives. The devil will do everything he can to hinder us, hinder our walk, hinder our, our belief in a God in heaven sitting on the throne of grace. He'll do everything he can to keep us from getting to the hurt and the broken. There was a battle for position. There was a battle for peace. We find in verse number 3 of chapter 5, this man had his dwelling among the tombs. He had no peace. He had no hope. The Bible says he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been blocked asunder by him, and the fetters broken to pieces. The Bible says neither could any man tame him, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. There was a battle for position in these men's lives uh, to get to this man that was broken, but there was also a battle for peace in the life of this man. There was a battle for peace in the life of this man. And I want to say to you, those that walk up and down this road out here every day of their life, there is a battle in their lives for position. They'll do every, the devil will do everything he can to keep this church from reaching them. But also there's a battle for peace in their lives. The devil has took the presidents. Oh, the devil has claimed them. But I want to say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's a battle tonight. I'm, I'm asking you to search your heart tonight as I preach this message and ask God, do you still have the power in your life? Do you still have the power in your life to reach those that are broken? Has the battle got too big? Has the battle in your own personal walk got too big that it separated you from those that are hurting? Have you allowed the storm to separate you, the storms in your life? Have you allowed those to separate you from those that need Jesus? Oh, there was a battle in this, these disciples' life. There was a battle for position. There was a battle for peace in this man. There's also a battle for a place. Look with me in verse 9 of chapter 5. The Bible says, he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And the Bible says he besought him that he would not send them away out of the country. I looked up that word country in the Greek, and we know what it means. Country. <laughs> but the Greek word kora that is used is a space line between two places, a region or a country. But to make note of this, it was a tract of land, a land which has been plowed and cultivated. You understand here, the devil had worked much, uh, many days on this man. The devil was happy living in this man. The devil was satisfied. He had worked and he had cultivated this man's heart. He's got him miserable. He's got him searching for peace. He's got him looking for hope. And he's done everything he could to keep Jesus from getting to this man. There was a battle. There was a battle before the battle. We see the external battle. We see the storm that comes up. And, and we see the man that's suffering, looking for peace and hope. But what we don't understand, there is an internal battle. There's a battle that's unseen. The devil is doing everything he can in this day and this hour for the church to lose its power. The devil is doing everything in his power to get the people of God to lose their power. There was a battle. 
There was a battle for power. I want to preach just for a little while on uh, the battleground. First of all, I want you to take notice in verse number 35. There was a battle for power, but there was power tonight. There's power in his presence. How many are you thankful for a choir that knows God? Oh, I am. Have you ever been to those churches, preacher, where, man, you walk in and you don't even know if the people know God or not? They sing like they don't know my God. They, they walk around like they don't know my God. My God is a big God tonight. And he's still sitting on the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time. God's not winning anywhere. He's a God of power. There's power in his presence. The Bible says in verse 35, in the same day when... The evening To get into that prayer room, to get a hold of God. There is power in prayer tonight. The church has not lost its power because the blood has not lost its power. There's power in His presence. The presence of the Father, it'll provide some things. It'll provide what you need. The presence of the Father, it will provide what you need. Oh, I've got a good daddy. My daddy pastored at the church that I pastored now for 38 years. My grandfather built the original church in 1968. I'm a third generation pastor. I'm not worthy. I know who I am. I know my inabilities. I know that I'm pastoring on the prayers of my people. But I'm going to say to you, I know for sure that there's power in the presence of the thrice holy God. And I remember walking with my... Listen to me. There's things I say from the pulpit that are just like my daddy. I, sometimes I preach like my daddy. Sometimes I use slang words like my daddy. I ain't. Huh. Dad rubbed off on me. There's some things that uh, we get in the presence of our Father. The will of God is for us to be like Him and for Him to be like, uh, for us to be like Him, for us to have the mind of Him, for us to have the heart of Him. How can we be who He wants us to be without being in His presence? You know what you ought to do on a Tuesday night? Come in here. I understand most of you work today. I work today. I'm bivocational. I work today. And I, I, most of you come in here and you're tired and you're, 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 you're looking for help. You're looking for just a fresh word. Some of us are, are, think we need to teach and preach on uh, eschatology and uh, the, the ethnic principle and all the things of the Bible. But listen to me, some of you are just trying to figure out how you're going to make it to Sunday. I've been in this thing long enough. I know how the devil works. You need to be reminded tonight that there's power in his presence. You know, listen to me, you, God is here because you brought him with you. God can do more for you in five seconds than I can do for you in a lifetime. There's power in His presence. The will of God will be found in His presence. I know if I need something now even, I'll call my daddy to get wisdom. I said there's wisdom in the presence of the Father. You're struggling with the situation. The Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. I know the struggles you have. I, I understand that sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get out of the bed. Sometimes it's hard to go to work. Sometimes it's hard to muster the, the spiritual energy to go to church. But listen to me. Sometimes we have to force feed. Oh, I'm hungry, preacher. You're not going to have to force feed me tonight. Some of you have been without food for so long. Listen to me because you've not chose to force feed because you're struggling. Listen to me, there's power in his presence tonight. That's where we find his will. That's where we find his wisdom. And listen to me, that's where we get our worth. Our worth is not in us. Our worth is what he imputed unto us. He mentioned it earlier. He put the power of God inside of us that we could go across the storms of life and meet those that need to, have, need to hear a word of hope and a word of help from Christ. There's power in his presence, but not only 
presence of the Father will uh, provide for us, it will protect us. Huh? The, the presence of the Father will uh, protect us. I've got an older brother. He's four or five. He's five years older than I am. And uh, when we were teenagers, there was this group of, of kids that walked around the neighborhood. Man, they wore them spike bracelets, that black leather stuff. They were teenagers too, but man, they were big. We'd see them coming. We'd be in the yard. We lived in the country. We, we would see them coming. And Man, I was about 10 or 11. Chris was probably 14 or 15. And I would see them coming. I'd say, Chris, there they come. Let's go. You know where we went? We went to the father's house. One day... Chris had his BB gun, and he was down at the bottom of the yard, 14, 15-year-old. And I said, Chris, there they come. I took off running, and I looked, and he was standing back there. I said, are you coming? Okay, bye. Just in a minute, here come Chris running up through the yard, had blood coming out of his eye. And boys had dropped down in the ditch and jumped on him. Chris running in the house. Oh, now it was time to run to the father. My daddy come out there and said, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? The Father will protect us. Don't wait till you're hurting and don't wait till you're bruised up. Don't wait till you're bleeding. Don't wait till you're broken to understand there's power in His presence. There's power in His presence tonight. There is power in His presence. The presence of God, it'll give us some things that we didn't ask for. It'll protect us and it'll place a position in our lives, a place of victory. There's power in His presence. He said, let us go. Not only is there power in his presence, there's power, listen to me, in his proclamation. Verse number 39, the Bible says, He arose and rebuked the wind and said into the sea, Peace, be still. I believe with all my heart Jesus didn't have to raise his voice. Some of you mamas and dads, y'all got a bunch of children in here. Y'all ought to thank God for that. Hey, man, that's a church that's alive and doing well. Thank God for little kids. Mom and Daddy, you don't, have you ever been in a position where you've got to yell at them to get them to do something? Huh? I've, got a, I've got Madison who is married. She never gave me an ounce of problems. I've got a 16-year-old son, and I've got an adopted child, Paisley. I, I, I y'all, y'all pray for me. Paisley, Lord help, she's cut from a different cloth. Sometimes you got to raise your voice to get her to look at you. I begin to think, I thank God for God's love and God's mercy. Oh, there's many times I would love to give her exactly what she deserved, but I don't because I love her. You know what? Many times in our life, God does not give us what we deserve because He loves us. Oh, there's power in His presence. There's power in His proclamation. I can walk through the house many times when Madison was little and I could just whisper, don't do that. Yes, Daddy. Logan, a little bit different. But Paisley, don't do that. Don't touch that wall. Y'all know what I'm talking about. God didn't have to raise his voice at this storm. He said, peace be still. There's power tonight in his proclamation. The Bible says, first of all, what does he do? He arises. Why do you think he stood up? We don't know how long between the time he arose to the time he rebuked the wind to the time he said, peace be still. We don't know how long it was. It could have been hours. He could have stood up and said, disciples, do you not see that I'm with you? Huh? <laughs> he could have stood up and he made himself known. He, he uh, assured them that uh, he was with them. Evidently, they were still fearful. God's not left you tonight. 
Those of you with wayward children, wayward grandchildren, God has not left you. Those with lost husbands and lost wives that you've been praying for, God has not left you. There is power in His presence, but there's power in His proclamation. The Bible says He arises just to assure them that He was with them. The Bible says He rebukes the wind. He forbid it to blow. And the Bible says He said unto them, Peace, be still. Which simply means to hush. Aren't you glad how He calms our storms? He is a God that is still sitting on the throne tonight. I don't want to be a church without power. I don't want to be a Christian without power. We have no power except to be given to us from above. Our power rests in him tonight. Uh, I, I was, as a young boy, I was in the attic space of our house, and I was going through boxes. Man, there was spider webs and stuff up there. I was 10 or 11 years old. I pulled out a shoebox. My dad was in Vietnam in 1968, 69, and I pulled out this shoebox, and I opened this shoebox, and guess what was in that shoebox? I opened it up, and it, they were dirty. You could look like some of them had been, had been wet. Some of them looked like some of them had blood on them. I started opening them. There were love letters to my mama and love letters from my mama to my daddy while he was in Vietnam. I began to think about my daddy carrying those love letters in his helmet during the battle. Those letters did something for him. I began to think, what in the world? That, that you could tell that uh, they had been in bunkers. You could tell they had been dirty. You could tell they had been sweat on and cried on. Mama saying, I love you. <laughs> saying, you've got a home and it's not there. Huh? There's power in his proclamation. What were those love letters to do? On the first, there's power in his proclamation. <laughs> There's power in the precious, inerrant, infallible Word of God tonight. There's power. I, I think I was talking to Zach earlier. I said, I love the Bible. I love those mornings at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning when I wake up and my stomach begins to yearn for the Word of God, to be fed from the Word of God, to hear from God. There's power because I know there's power and I've seen it change lives. I've seen it change my life. I've seen it elevate me. I've seen it do things for my mind. I've seen it do things for my heart. I'm telling you, there's power in His proclamation. It reassures us, this Bible, it reassures us today that we're not alone. Joshua knew a little bit about it. He said, the Lord said this, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid. That's what the Word of God says. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. His proclamation, it reassures us that we're not alone. Oh, I'm telling you, the devil's good at what he does. He can sometimes come by and he can make the most popular person feel like he's all alone. Make a, the, the wife that is loved by the church and her family, boy, he'll make her feel like she's all alone. Preacher, what do you do at that time? You go back to his proclamation. The word of God says that he would never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, only not into thine own understanding. and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The psalmist said, the Lord is not unto them that are broken heart, and saveth them that have a contrite spirit. They say, God will not leave us. There's power in his proclamation. There's power in his proclamation. It tells us and reassures us that we're not alone. It revives us to keep on keeping on. <laughs> oh, yes. The Bible says the Lord shall fight for you. Hold your peace. Not only does it reassure us that we're not alone and revive us to keep on keeping on, but it reminds us that the battlefield is not our home. Huh? I'm sure mom was some of them letters saying, honey, I got... I got a, we got the house here and we're, we're waiting on you. Oh, when you get home, honey, I'm going to cook you a meal. 
Honey, we're gonna, I'm going to be able to hold you and hug you. I'm looking forward to the day, honey, don't just remember the battle, uh, the battle that you're in. Just remember that's not your home. His proclamation reassures us tonight that this is not our home. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them to the also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Watch this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to be the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This word, his proclamation, it gives us hope. It gives us help. Are you struggling today? Are you hurting today? Hey, Hitler, there's power in his presence. Do you feel like you have no power? Do you feel like you have no strength? There's power in his presence. There's power in his proclamation. Know this, child of God, this is not your home. The Bible says, where is going to not what should be on the mark or what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We are not promised tomorrow, but we are promised the one that holds tomorrow. And he'll never leave us nor forsake us. There's power today. There's power in his presence. There's power in his proclamation. Last time I'm done, there's power in our petition. There's power in our petition. The Bible says, verse number 38... He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and saith unto him, Master, carest not that we perish? No power in us, but there is power in the one that hears us. I said there's no power in us, but there's power in the one that hears us. There's power tonight. In his presence, and his proclamation, there's power in our petition. Mo, how, do you, how, do I, how do I cry unto him, preacher? Moses called on God by standing still. Abraham called on God by offering a sacrifice. Jonah called on God by surrendering. And in that biblical account alone, we see the seeking of Jonah, we see the seeking of Jonah, and we see the surrendering of Jonah, and now we see the sinning of Jonah. You're trying to find God's will for your life? He's seeking you. Listen to me. If you are seeking, you need to surrender so he can send you. That is my God. There's power in his presence, power in his proclamation, and there's power tonight in our petition. Uh, On July 13th of 2021, my mother, my, my, my dad pastored for 38 years. My mother never missed a Sunday morning. She worked third shift as a registered nurse. She would come in on Saturday night. She would uh, work all night. She'd come in on Sunday morning. She'd sleep for about 45 minutes. She'd get up and she'd go to church. She loved God. She knew that that's where her power came from. Her power was in his presence. And and she never missed a a church supported my dad. One of the greatest uh, examples of marriage that I know. My mom and my dad. Thank God for that. On July 13th of 2021... I got a phone call that morning. It was my sister-in-law. She said, no, it was my brother. She said, can you, can you send Kim over here? That's my wife. Can you send Kim over here? Something's wrong with mama. My mama was in great health. I mean, absolutely wonderful health. That morning, we, my, my wife runs over to the house. And we, she finds my mama. She's out of her mind. She's, lost. She, she's saying things that doesn't make sense. She's, she's actually wet the bed that night, and just nothing made sense about what was going on. And my wife said, I think she probably has a urinary tract infection. I'm going to take her to urgent care. 
So she gets her in the car and takes her to urgent care. And, uh, and the urgent care says, no, it's not a urinary tract infection. Can you, I'm going to send you to the emergency room. Well, we all meet, my dad and myself meet my, my mother and my brother, uh, 38 years old, meet him and my, and my wife at the hospital, at Fry Memorial Hospital. They go in and they do CT scans and do all the, all the things that the MRIs and the doctor, two physicians, come into the waiting room with me and my dad on July 13th. And they said, we're sorry to inform you, but your mother has a three and a half millimeter brain-sized tumor on the right side of her brain. And we're, we're going to do some more testing, but we don't know if we can even operate. We don't know uh, if there's other little tumors around it. We just don't know. I got a hold of some men that I thought could pray to God. I said, there's power in our proclamation. I texted all the men that I knew. I had their cell phone numbers. I said, will you please pray? I had a group of men, Zach included, and probably eight or nine men and a few ladies meet at the church at about 11 o'clock that night after we got the news. They said, we're going to the church to pray. You, you do believe in prayer around here, don't you? Oh, there's power in our proclamation. That night, my mother was, we had to tie her in the bed and hold her down. And my dad sat on one side and my, I sat on the other. And she tried to get up over and over and she struggled. And she, she said, Vaughn, I'm going to the grave. Vaughn, I'm going to the grave. Vaughn, I'm going to the grave. I said, Mama, you're not going to the grave. We're going to get, it's going to be all right. The Lord's going to take care of this. About one, I mean, she was fighting me about 1.30. She does, she's fighting, she's fighting. 1.30, she just does this. Goes to sleep like a baby. The next morning, the doctors come in and they, after taking her for testing throughout the night, and I put my phone on record because I just believe God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the head of the physicians there at the hospital comes in and says, uh, Mr. Ramsey, we, we're sorry that we put you through that last night, but after further testing, we can't find that brain tumor anymore this morning. I said there is a God that still answers prayer. There's power in our proclamation. There's power in our proclamation. I said I believe God. I talked to my men and women that were down there praying and I, I, I texted them and I said, listen to me, I said, listen to me, I sent them the video, I believe. Listen to the doctors and man, they were weeping and rejoicing and they, they said, we, y'all believe what you want, I believe in the power of God. They said, they said about 1.30 we were praying and we felt a breakthrough. I said, glory be to God. I thank God for the precious throne of grace tonight. Hey, he's a God that's still sitting on the throne. If I leave here and go back to Catawba County, I want you to know one thing, that God is still sitting on the throne. There's power in our proclamation. At that time, my 38-year-old brother, a preacher's son, middle child, I've got two brothers, an older and a younger. My older brother is a deacon at the church that I pastor. My younger brother, 16 years old, started hanging around the wrong friends. Listen to me, teenagers. Hanging around the wrong people made a few bad choices in his life. Just a few bad choices. Ended up strung out on methamphetamine and heroin. For a decade, he was strung out on heroin and meth. You don't come back from that unless God. Huh? I'm talking about a pastor's kid. I'm talking about a faithful man of God. Many nights, Saturday night, the ambulance would be called to their house. They'd have to get him Narcan to get him back to life, take him to the emergency room, hook him up on those machines where he OD'd. My daddy would be up all night, Saturday night at the emergency room, but he'd come to the church that next day and mount that pulpit with power because he knew there was a God in heaven that was still sitting on the throne of grace. Mark called me and said, Vaughn, it's my fault. I said, Mark, it's not your fault, son. He said, it's my fault. He said, two weeks ago, he said, on Sunday morning, he said, God hadn't dealt with me in years. 
He said, two weeks ago on a Sunday morning, he said, the Lord woke me up about 9 o'clock. And he said, I couldn't breathe. My heart rate was up. He said, God was telling me, go to church. Go to church. And I said, Lord, I'm too ashamed. Lord, you know where I've been. I can't go back down there. I can't do it, Lord. God, I won't do but I just can't do it. He said, Lord, left him alone. He said, the rest of the week, he went on about his week. He said, the next Sunday morning, about 9.30, he said, the Lord woke him up. Same thing, he couldn't breathe and a conviction on him like he needed to go to the house of God. Pushed it off. Didn't do it. On Monday morning, we got the phone call that mom. <laughs> isn't it amazing how God will use circumstances in our lives? <laughs> Listen to me, there's power tonight. In our proclamation, for 20 years plus, my daddy and my mama stayed faithful. And they prayed for my brother. They didn't give up on Don't you dare give up on your children. Don't give up on your mama, your daddy. Don't give up on your brother or your sister. Don't give up on your grandkids. There's power tonight in the God of heaven that hears our cry. His arm is not shortened. He can touch your life. He can touch their life. A week or so went by. My mom was in the hospital kind of running all kind of tests. Couldn't figure out what had happened. She gets to go home. The first Sunday night, first Sunday morning, she's home I, in the prayer room. And I asked my prayer in my prayer room, probably 60 people that morning. I said, I, I very rarely call out names in the prayer room. I said, but this morning, can we pray for Mark Ramsey? Pray that God would help him. We called out the name of Mark Ramsey and we cried together and we prayed and we asked God, petitioned the throne of grace. I walked out of the prayer room at 1045 and I text Mark and I said, it'd be a good day to be in God's house. And he said, I'm coming. He said, I'm nervous. He said, but I'm coming. That day about 11 o'clock, you seen a broken man walk through the side of the church and he walks over with his head down. sits on the second pew right behind us and the choir gets to singing with power and God begins moving. And almost like a puppet on a string, he falls on that altar and repents. And he's never been the same since. <laughs> He's never been the same since you got a wayward child or you struggle yourself tonight with addiction. Listen to me. God can. He's a God with power. There's power in the presence of the thrice holy God. There's power in His proclamation. But I will say there's power in our petitions tonight. There's power in our petitions. Exactly. Help me, will you? There's power tonight in our petitions. Don't give up on God. Maybe it's just one more time. Maybe just one more time you've got to pray to God and say, God, help my marriage. Maybe one more time you've got to say, God, help my child. Maybe one more time you've got to say, God, I can't do it alone, but God, help me tonight. What hinders people from not seeking help from God? I'm going to give you three things and I'm done. What hinders people from crying to a thrice holy God? Number one, sin as we deal with depravity. Sin as we deal with depravity. You say, preacher, I just can't do it. Listen to me, you can't do it, but God can. Preacher, we took them to the doctors, we took them to rehab. They just are never going to get better. You can't do it and rehab can't do it, but God can. God can. That is where our power is. Our power comes from God. You say, preacher, I can't even get a hold of God because of stuff in my life. Oh, I'm thankful for the precious Word of God. His proclamation says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, you need him tonight. Ask him to forgive you from where you are. Say, God, today I need a new day. God, I need you today. Sin as we deal with depravity. Sickness as we deal with disease. I said sickness. What hinders us from crying to God? Sickness as we deal with... Have you ever been so sick you couldn't pray? Have you had a loved one that was so sick, you were so broken that you couldn't pray? In 2015, my wife spent 63 nights in CMC Hospital. I had an 11-year-old and a 6-year-old. I would leave her at that hospital and I would drive home. I'm talking about a preacher of the Word of God. I'd drive home and say, Lord, what have I done? Lord, help me. I, I, I can't do this. God, I need you to touch my wife. 63 nights of going home wondering what I've done. My pastor at the time called me and said, Brother Vaughn, can you preach Sunday? And I said, Preacher, I'm so hurting so bad I can't preach. I'm hurting so bad I can't pray. Preacher, pray for me. Preacher, pray for me. I'm hurting so bad because of dealing with this sickness and disease I can't pray. There's times in our life where we get to the point where we can't pray. Three things. Sin, as we deal with depravity. Sickness, as we deal with disease. And Satan, as we deal with discouragement. The devil, if you're not careful, the devil will tell you that it's never going to happen. If you're not careful, you allow the devil to hamper you and tell you that what you're praying for, God's not hearing what your children, he's never going to touch them. Don't give up. Understand tonight there is power. There is power in his presence, power in his proclamation. But I want you to know there's power in our petition tonight. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding and will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Those three things hinder us from crying. And just, just to be honest, looking back over my life as a child of God, got saved at nine years old. Just to be honest, I, I've dealt with that sin that separated me from God. I've dealt with things in my life that God will, and I, I've had those days where I've had to say, Lord, forgive me. Can I be transparent? There's been days I couldn't cry unto God because of the sin and the depravity. This flesh will never be ratified. But greater is he that is in me now than he that is in the world. And we can be overcomers. There's power in our petition. But to be honest, I've dealt with that. I've, I've dealt with that disease. And, and, and just to be honest, I've dealt with doubt. For years I've prayed for my brother Mark. For years I've asked God to touch Mark and just to be honest, I, I was as broken as he was in a way. The devil had me so discouraged and so doubting the God of heaven that I couldn't even pray. But thanks be to God, when I couldn't pray, somebody was praying for me. I asked my mom, I said, Mama, did you ever give up? She bowed her head. She said, Vaughn, she said, I just about give up. I said, Daddy, I said, what about you? Did you ever give up? He, he winked. Give me that big wink. He said, no, sir. He said, I just believe God. I want you to stand as Zach sings this song. All heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm done.